right, all right, all right. Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, episode 18. Today's date of recording, at least, is October 9th, 2018. Got Just to-, to clarify something for the listeners, uh, it's still Eric, who's the other co-host. It's not shitty, alcoholic Matthew McConaughey. If I was doing a Matthew McConaughey impersonation, it would have been, all right, all right, all right. Let's take our shirts off. Speaking of taking our shirts off, and this will make more sense a little bit later down the episode, we've got a pretty loaded up episode for you guys to cover a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, going to recap the last week of the major five European leagues, as well as kind of take just a, a wide lens view of how those leagues are, are, are faring to start the season. Got a couple other things that we're going to go over as well. But first, to the byline. It's in, it's an up goal! It's a gift. Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. Got no chance really the keeper. Astonishing position to get the ball into. What's up, y'all? To get started, we're going to talk about the Copa Trophy, which is named after Raymond Copa, a French player from the 50s and 60s. I know Eric likes awards, and uh, he loves all the different awards in soccer, and luckily the Ballon d'Or committee created a brand new one. Donnie, how how many successive episodes are we going to have where we talk about a different award, award shortlist? Like, Normally, I would go on a very, very lengthy tirade, but I'm actually pretty excited about this award shortlist. So let's let's cover some of the nominees. Also, to recap, it's basically the Ballon d'Or for under 21 players. Yeah, and by the way, the Ballon d'Or list of nominees did also come out this week. But to spare you, and because it's the usual suspects, I did not go through that. So really, I've done you a favor. But something to be excited about on this 10-man 10 10 shortlist, uh, Liverpool's Trent Alexander-Arnold is there. If you've listened to a previous episode, we're pretty sure Sir Alex banged his grandma like back in the 60s. Donnie is pretty uh, sure. I have literally said nothing about that whole bit. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Milan pair Patrick Coutrone, a.k.a. Patty Coutrone, and Gianluigi Donnarumma are both on made the 10-man shortlist, so pretty impressive. Uh, the great American hope himself, Christian Pulisic, is on the list. And I think in another year, I'd be excited about him having a chance, but... Not this year. Yeah, un- unfortunately, and it, it rightfully so, the list also includes Kylian Mbappe, who is going the to baby win, cheetah. who is going to win this award. And there's like some talk as to him being like a possible third favorite for the actual Ballon d'Or, you know, where he's competing against adults. So he's a shoe. He's a shoe in for this one. But it's really exciting to see of the ten under twenty one players that that made the list. Our guy Christian Pulisic. Get, get, getting the nod that's a just great recognition for for how well he's been playing and then you know i i am very excited uh, i was actually surprised that donnarumma the milan goalie made the list i mean he's been a, a top goalkeeper since 16 years old but really really hasn't had like a, an absolute stunning you know last season or so but my guy paddy Coutrone, more on him in a minute uh, really, really having a great start to the season. He was Milan's leading goal scorer last season at 19 years old. Hell of a guy. Yeah, and uh, 
actually, Mbappe has another honor recently. Uh, Neymar posted a picture of what appears to be his son sitting with Mbappe, and the caption is, my son and his new idol. And holy crap, you know we're in an anti-Neymar world when Neymar's own child is anti-Neymar. And honestly, there are so many players who I think would honestly be happy and, and not care that their kid's favorite player is another another guy. But you 100% know that Neymar does not share the spotlight with anybody. He's already tried to decapitate Cavani. I'm sure of it. We just haven't found any proof, but I'm sure of it. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, did you know this season, he has 0.5% of Neymar's passes have been to Edison Cavani? Yeah. 0.5%, and they play as an attacking trio. That yeah. is an absurd number for a high-powered offense. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I've also been reading reports that uh, Cavani, well, Neymar and Mbappe don't really enjoy playing with Cavani uh, because his technical ability is not quite up to, to their style of play. And I think that's just a crock of bullshit. Uh, I definitely believe it's, it's way more Neymar than it is Mbappe. And I just know Mbappe, or Neymar is still butthurt about Cavani not letting him take the PKs last season. Yeah, so actually, on this Sun thing, see, I kind of disagree with you. I think, like, if you're a top, top player in that, like, you know, we always, we joke, you know, I don't like Neymar, we're an anti-Neymar podcast, that stands, but we've both said Neymar's a very talented player. Oh, yeah. Player. And I think in that upper echelon of talent, like, it probably does kind of yeah. rustle his, anyone's gym. He's like, I think I, he, it's like kind of, I feel like he feels like someone fucked his wife on it. So I, like, guarantee, like, <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you that, like, Luka Modric had no issue when his little kids were like, Ronaldo's the best player ever. Like, Ronaldo's my idol. But Luka Modric is a different style of player from Neymar and Ronaldo. Neymar, Ronaldo, and Mbappe, they're a totally different breed than a Modric. Modric is like a pure low. Those guys don't give a shit. They're, they're totally different animals. That's fair. Those midfield players are different animals than the, you know, the... Uh, Flashy, goal show, The showy, sparkly little uh, wingers and strikers. All right, that's fair. I can. I, yeah. So, are you, are you lumping Jamie Vardy in with the uh, flashy showy strikers and wingers? No, Jamie Vardy is is like a, he's like a Rooney. They're just they're street thugs. They're thugs. <laughs> they're thugs who happen to play soccer. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's just interesting, you know, uh, to see Neymar one hundred percent does not enjoy that his son's favorite player is Mbappe. No way. But, like, his son is also in the in the right here, though. Like, his yeah. son's favorite player should be Mbappe. His son's favorite Pretty player... Much everyone's favorite player should be Mbappe. His, his, his son's favorite player is PSG's best player. I like, can't, blame, can't blame the kid for that. Facts only. Uh, Zlatan with a... Maybe one of the all... Not all-time classic, but I'd say a, a top 15 Zlatan quote. Definitely top 15 Zlatan quote. Uh, he was quoted saying, I am bigger than MLS. <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, no, he's definitely right. He's been slaying it since he's been there. 21 goals in 25 games, and even an aged, slow, old Wayne Rooney's still putting 9 and 16. So this just kind of shows you how far MLS still needs to come. Yeah. Because these older... Formerly elite European superstars can come there, and it's still a, it's a joke to them, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's it's a it's a joke to them. I'd say it's more of just a, a way for them to enjoy their twilight years. Uh, yeah, it's MLS is still MLS. Uh, can't can't hold a candle to uh, 
to the 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 mid-level European leagues, not even the the upper tier European leagues. So that's something. Um, and speaking of old soccer players, John Terry apparently. Speaking of, of of fucking people's moms, <laughs> John Terry retired. Which begs the question, he was still playing? Yeah, I could have sworn he stopped playing at the end of last season. So he did leave Aston Villa after they lost in the promotion playoff, which is pretty much like the most John Terry thing to do, <laughs> to, leave a, to leave a club or a female for the next better club or female that happens to come along. Uh, but then he declined a contract in September from Spartak Moscow, probably because he didn't want to be forced, like I don't know, probably didn't want to deal with Putin or accidentally fuck Putin's wife or something. Uh, that guy doesn't accidentally fuck anything, first off. Putin or John Terry? Uh, yes. <laughs> Second, if the last time he played was back in June and he announces his retirement now, does that mean he's he is retired as of today or is he kind of retroactively retiring as of June of last year? I think for me he retired when he went to play in the championship personally. <laughs> but... I think that really the big story is that a lot of – if you have an attractive wife or girlfriend, you need to keep her on lock. Like I don't know if you've ever listened to a G-Eazy song, Eric. I know the new music is uh, lost on your gray, grayish ears, but every song G-Eazy has, he talks about trying to fuck your woman. And, uh, like, what, about, what about G-Eazy and Kalani, uh, the song that was in one of the Fast and Furious movies? They weren't – it wasn't about fucking anybody's – Okay. 99% of g Easy songs are about trying to fuck your girl. If you're wondering what the end credits song of today's episode is going to be, I'll give you a hint. It's going to be something by g Easy. And to me, like, that's basically John Terry. Like, no, no, no one is safe. Everyone is about to get cuckolded because John Terry is out there just fucking people's girlfriends and wives. Also, if, if the woman in your life is also the mother of your child, there's a higher chance John Terry will try to sleep with her. There's That's just the odd, kind of scummy guy a, he is. There's an odd correlation uh, to in play there that fully fits John Terry's character. Not just as a man, but as a soccer, as the way he played soccer too, really. Yeah. but um, All right, Donnie. Hey, I'm really excited. We got a new segment. You know, uh, we, we've listened to some feedback, and a lot of people were telling us that that one of their, their favorite pieces of, of – really reporting and, and I'd say art that we've done is the most attractive or aesthetic 11 of the World Cup. So we're, we're not bringing exactly that that segment back, but we are going to introduce the hot guy of the week. Yeah, so every week uh, Eric is going to pick one and I'm going to pick one. It's going to be a uh, very good-looking soccer player who also had a good soccer week. So you got to get like that sweet spot combination of being like really hot off the field and really hot on the field. So somebody like Olivier Giroud is not eligible because he's not hot on the field. Yeah, I, I don't remember the last time that donkey has done anything. I mean, he did win a World Cup, but... <laughs> but No, 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 he was on a World Cup winning team. There's a difference between <laughs> winning a World Cup and being a part of a World Cup winning team. <laughs> All right, Donnie, who's your uh, hot guy of the week? So... I'm going to go honorable mention first to Aaron Ramsey, who got a goal in Arsenal's 5-1 shit-pumping of Fulham. Oh. And that's who I thought you were going to pick, Eric. Oh, no, no. That was not my pick. Uh, my Hawkeye of the Week has to be Edin Dzeko, who followed up a, a hat-trick in the Champions League with another goal over the weekend for Roma. He's a, he's actually the only person who's better looking when he doesn't smile. He's like It's weird. Like When he doesn't smile, you're like, that is a really attractive man. 
But then when he smiles, you're like, that is le- significantly less of an attractive thing. He's, he's got that, like, stoic Bosnian uh, look about him where it's like, you know, he's seen some shit, but it doesn't phase him. I, I think that's a yeah. great pick. And, yeah, he absolutely has dominated uh, on, on the pitch. And Roma, in, in general, has really turned it on. I think it, there's a direct relation to Ed and Dzeko putting balls in nets. So, uh... So my uh, probably putting some balls in yeah, mouths too. I, I was I was trying to tee you up there, and you just <laughs> left me hanging like balls. I was debating whether I wanted to say it or not. <laughs> All right, so uh, so my hot guy of the week, and feels a little weird because he's he's a little young, but I'm going with uh, the aforementioned Patrick Cutrone. I mean, this dude has just he he looks like. He could if, if soccer didn't work out for him, he'd be in some some like you know he'd still be living in Milan as a fashion model, the kind of rugged look with the with the the facial hair and not the full beard. But more importantly, this guy had the Europa League equalizer against Olympiacos uh, on Thursday, and then he put on a, a second goal later in that game to seal the victory. And uh, he's just also as we mentioned was named on the. Uh, under 21 Balloon to or I'm not calling it by its name because I can't remember. Uh, it's the Copa Trophy. It's literally the – like think about a trophy. It's a cup, Copa Trophy. So as I said, he was on the uh, under 21 Balloon to or 10-man uh, shortlist. So I'd say all in all, good week for him on just soccer in general. And, uh, you know, even though Milan brought in Iguain, Cutrone is still finding ways to get on the pitch. And when he gets on the pitch, he's still scoring goals. Dude, Paddy Coutrone would look really good in like a long fur coat, like shirtless, but in a fur coat. I'm thinking like a like like if if you remember like one of the opening scenes of Triple X, like that like that that fur yes. coat that Xander Cage is wearing. Yes, great movie by the way. It's a shit movie, but it's a it's a great fur coat. Or you could even give him one of like the the uh, John Snow's like like nights nice nights watch coats. Yeah. You just want you, I just see Paddy Coutrone. And I just want to wrap him in fur, man. Yeah, That's all yeah. I'm you. no shirt with fur. Definitely, definitely. Also, every um, every time he scores, yeah. every time he scores, he points at the fans, points at the badge, and kisses the badge. So, I'm a big fan. So yeah, that is our uh, Hawkeye of the Week segment. Uh, looking forward to hopefully, given how these friendlies goes, we'll get some American Hawkeyes for you next week. But more on that later. Uh, we'll start with the Premier League. We always start and- with the Premier League. <laughs> you couldn't tell Donnie. Donnie writes the uh, the outline. And I'm just going to jump right into it. We're going to go ahead and just start with Manchester United and Newcastle. <laughs> Guys, United. I, I get, the foreplay. B- before before we before you jump in, just to, to anybody that 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 listens to this podcast without first checking results of the previous week, if we lead off with Man United, that means that they won. And if we we wait to talk about Man United until the very <laughs> end and almost forget, that means they lost. So, Donnie, what happened with Man United? Well, they both they technically lost and won in my opinion <laughs> this game, but they didn't tie it. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm sitting here watching this game against Newcastle, and within about 15 minutes, Man United is down two nil, and this you is, really this do is, think this that is, Mourinho is going to get fired at halftime. This is 19th place Newcastle. I could not. I was besides myself. I just 
I couldn't fathom what was happening. I truly, I truly thought this was it for Mourinho. This was his last game. I honestly two 0 down at Newcastle. He has to be fired after no, this. I know you're you kind of joking about saying at halftime. I was kind of waiting to see like Ed Woodward like walk onto the pitch and just 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 boot Mourinho thirty minutes in. But and but the second half was a totally different story. Manu played pure attacking soccer. They literally took out one of their center backs and just had Matic and Pogba take turns sort of being a center back, but sort of not really being a center back, and just fucking attacked and attacked and attacked. Juan Mata, who I've been saying should be playing because of his creativity and his his ability to uh, kind of see, see space and see openings other players don't, Get subbed on, hits a beauty of a free kick, three, two one. Man, you still down? And you, so you, you've been saying that Mata should definitely be playing. Uh, I've been agreeing with you that he should not be sitting on the bench, and he should probably just be sent to uh, a team that another team that wears red and, and plays in a city that starts with an M. You know, there's a lot of similarities, but yeah, uh, playing for you guys is cool too when it happens. Yeah, uh, hits a beauty of a free kick. Then Pogba and Martial have a beautiful. 1-2, one, 1-2, two, one, two, back and forth for him to hit 2-2. Two, two. And in the 90th minute, who would have thunk? I mean, you would think it would be the other way around, but Romelu Lukaku crosses the ball into the shortest man on the field, and probably no Manchester United player needed a goal more than him. Alexi Sanchez with a header in the 90th to win the game. And holy crap, that game, I was just going, I was feeling a lot, even talking about it. So, I was feeling a lot. I, I know that you're obviously happy with the winner and eh. and so here's here's my question are you kind of also a little butthurt that it was Alexis Sanchez that scored that goal no no I'm I'm if listen I would there's nothing I want more than to wake up and Alexis Sanchez to be the player he was at Arsenal and at Barcelona before that like the team would become qualitatively so much better if he was that version of himself no I want him okay. to be good okay I hope that this means he's going to be good. I, I don't want him to suck ass. I thought it was ironic that the short, that, I mean, almost a legal midget scored the header, but beyond that. Uh, and here's the thing. It reminded me of the City game last season when Manu went two goals down, and then, and then we're pop. like, oh, we're two goals down. We can play attacking soccer now. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, this team isn't bad. And so why can't we just do this? Like, why don't you guys listen, just – Mourinho has tried to be defensive with a team that can't defend, <laughs> so why not just always act like we're two goals down? So and Mourinho has recently stated that he wants the club to back him by going after transfers for a couple defenders, one of which Alessio Romagnoli. Uh, so I would like to publicly state to Mourinho, stay the fuck away from my captain. Stay the fuck away from my captain. Donnie, please pass that message along to your boy, Mourinho. Uh, I don't think... Okay, sure, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll make sure he gets that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a... Why, don't, why doesn't United just start every game down two? I think we should just immediately score two goals on ourselves every game and then play. Like, I think you guys should have De Gea play at left back or something or right back let two goals in immediately so they don't count against his stats because that's going to, you know, send him. He'll leave if he has to keep taking two goals, two goal hits to his stats and then switch him with whoever, you know, switch him back into the net after you've lost two goals. 
I'm just worried about you guys losing him to like Real or something. Well, yeah, because they definitely need a third starting goalie there. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's hey, they came in. They they replaced the uh, the three time three time in a row winning Champions League goalie. So you never know with Real. Uh, yeah, but honestly, Manu just needs to learn how to play like that all the time, and it just it just seems to be that it's when Manu's down that they play their best soccer. Yeah. Which is just stupid, but enough play? about them. I don't. I don't want to talk about this next game, Donnie. Uh, Burnman's shit pumped Watford. I don't want to talk about this next. Game. I want it to be noted very publicly that Watford is winless in all competitions since being publicly backed by Eric to win the title. They have not won a single game since he said that. As I the said, curse is alive and well. As I said, I don't want to talk about this game, Donnie. Uh, yeah. So Watford, I am so sorry. Also, Newcastle, I owe you an apology as well, because two weeks ago, I was in Dallas, and I told Donnie unequivocally, I am 100% pulling for Newcastle over any other team in the Premier League, and this happens. So, Newcastle, that was my bad. Watford, I really fucked you guys over. I am very sorry. Have you no mercy, Eric? Have you no mercy? Uh, after that, Tottenham squeaked by a very plucky, that should say, Cardiff City side with a 1-0 win. Eric Dyer scored his first goal in like two and a half years or something. Apparently it was a big deal. I don't really know. But, eh. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal Dude. Jesus Christ. Arsenal. So, they ship-pumped Fulham 5-1. Not a good look for Fulham, who we were people were very excited to see back in the Premier League, but they keep getting railed by some of the more mainstay clubs. Arsenal, is Arsenal good? Well, Arsenal are nine, have won nine straight in all competitions and are two points off of the Premier League leaders. They're not bad. This is a different Arsenal. Emery is getting his shit together. This is fascinating. Tales of the, makes, tales of the demise have been greatly exaggerated. Which honestly worries me because this can only mean that Manu is becoming the new Arsenal. Oh my god! Uh, moving on from that scary thought, Chelsea made quick work of Southampton with a th- with a three nail shit pumping, and Eden Hazard is a man possessed in the Premier League right Holy now, unstoppable. Hell. He is killing it, and impressive performance from uh, our boy Broccoli Rob, aka Ross Barkley. Uh, definitely first goal of season. It might be his first Chelsea goal. Has he not scored? Did he not score in any, uh, in a club competition last season or a cup competition last season? I could have sworn he, he like scored, you know, but maybe a, first premier league Chelsea goal. Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking? I mean, it could have been his first Chelsea goal overall, but I could, I know he played a couple of like those Carabao and bullshit cups last season for Chelsea. And I thought he, he may have nodded one then, but regardless, first meaningful goal. Uh, yeah. in a Chelsea jersey. He's also been playing well enough that he got recalled to uh, Gareth Southgate's England squad during this uh, international break. Yeah, so uh, good for you, Broccoli Rob. We're all very happy for you here. I yeah. don't go podcast. Yeah, this is a pro Broccoli Rob podcast. And then this is the game that was so hyped, and then it happened. Liverpool nil, Manchester City nil. This game was kind of boring. It was like it was like it. It was a no tease. team had like a clear, clear chance, but they get so close that you'd almost get excited, was, and then just no, 
the, the final pass was just totally fuck up. This game was the soccer definition of a tease. Yeah. You know, it had it had the it had the tension, it had the movement, it had the attacking, but they like you said, they just never really got there. I mean, even the fucking penalty was a tease. This game was like making out with your girl, she's giving you some over the pants hand action, and then she tells you you have to leave. You go home and you're just sad. You're just a sad boy. Yeah, very, very but much. You do, but you do fucking go home. Do you want to know who the saddest boy of them all, though, was? Uh, probably Mares when he sent that penalty into fucking orbit. <laughs> the best part of this is Gabby Jesus, Gabriel Jesus afterwards saying, like, I don't know why the fuck Mares took the penalty. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Jesus was, like, was trying to take the, the penalty, I think. And Mares, who has been at the club for how long? Is is pulling rank. This was this was a classic Neymar Cavani. I'm taking the penalty over you kind of thing. And I love when this shit happens. And the person that gets their way misses the penalty. So I've been noticing something. I think Mo Salah is a little broken this year. Yeah, he is not the goal. The goals that he would, the positions he would be in that he would absolutely score those goals last year. Not just this game. In a lot of games, he's not scoring those he's, same goals. He's still getting in those positions. He's still getting in dangerous you know, opportunities, but he is not, cl- he's not clinical like he was last season, which begs the question, was last season a, a one hit wonder or is, is it just something that he needs to work through or, or, or I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Just something interesting to note. And so, so Donnie, doing a quick t- table chat. No, Donnie, tell me about the, me- tell me about the media bias. Oh, um, everyone praised Pep Guardiola. For his zero, for stifling the Liverpool offense for a zero-zero masterclass. Same thing happened when Manu played at Anfield last year, zero-zero, and Mourinho got Mourinho got shit on for it. So just did, just another perfect example of media bias. Didn't Mourinho get uh, criticized for playing defensive soccer and not going for a win against against uh, Liverpool? Wasn't that the like the yes. take last season? Yes. Yeah, interesting. So just. Just that tidbit. So uh, now we do the table check. City, Chelsea, Liverpool, only separated by goal difference, all on 20 points. Arsenal and Tottenham really right behind them at 18 points apiece. Uh, then you got Burnmouth at 16, Wolves at 15, and then, of course, Man U in eighth place on 13. So I have a, I have a very serious question. If I were to – if I hypothetically not, – I'm not doing this right now. If I were to hypothetically back Burnmouth to win the league this season – would they start losing every single game they play? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I will not say such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like you realize, like you you need to repent. You, you've done something in in this life to piss off a higher power. Like you're just and you're taking other people down with you. You know that, right? There are innocent people like me who are being burned for this, and every fan of the U.S. men's national team. You uh, you have a loose definition of the term innocent, my friend. My hands are clean in this mess, figuratively speaking. Well, you know what you are guilty of? And I'm guilty of it even worse. The Bundesliga is exciting. I know. We were so wrong on the on this take. German fan German fans, if I could apologize in German, I, I would. Um, I, I don't can't. think there's a word for apology in German. I think it's just like fuck off or something. That's fair. Uh Holy hell. First off, what what's more impressive? I don't know. Like like Dortmund going on a fucking tear or or Bayern like 
just shitting all over the pitch the last couple of weeks. Well, it, it's definitely more impressive to win a lot of games than lose a lot of games. So I think I'm going to have to take Dortmund there, buddy. I don't what's know. more What's more surprising, I'm, I think, is Bayern just pooping all over themselves. I'm not. It's not that I'm impressed by Bayern. It's I'm impressed by the rest of the Bundesliga. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm giving Bayern a lot of props for failing to win. Yeah, it's just what it sounded like. It is what it sounded like. I, I instantly regretted that. <laughs> uh, Werder Bremen beat Wolfsburg two 0 in the Green Dub Derby, as we called it last week. Uh, oh my God! This Borussia Dortmund Augsburg game, Augsburg game was super exciting. The substitute Paco Alasser, who left Barcelona, quote to be happy and to play soccer, <laughs> scored a hat trick as a substitute. Which I'm just loving all these hat tricks happening. Do you know? Do you know this guy, uh, Paco? He um, he leads the Bundesliga in in goals scored this season, and I think he's played a total of less than ninety minutes. Oh, so he's like. He's like a super Asensio. Well, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a super sub, or as we would say, a super Asensio. I'm wondering, I mean, at some point, he's going to get himself into the starting lineup. And yeah, probably in their next game, I imagine. It's, like, really hard, I imagine, to not play a guy who just scored a fuck. Listen to me. If I scored a fucking hat trick and I didn't start the next game, I would lose my shit in the locker room. I would shit on the coach's car. I would shit on it. <laughs> well, my concern is that especially with the injuries that Pulisic has been dealing with, he might, Pulisic might start ha- struggling to find playing time in a new look Dortmund lineup. At which point would he start shitting on the coach's car? No, C- Christian's too classy of a guy to poop on a car. That's something that I would do. That's fair. Uh, speaking of pooping on a car, uh, well, no, that's, that's, that's a bad, bad, bad transition. Uh, Did you shit on a car recently? No, no, but our boy Weston McKinney keeps shitting on the competition. Hey, Donnie, how do you follow up your first Champions League goal? Uh, I would think with your first Bundesliga goal, perhaps. I'll take that for 500, please. Our very not sad boy, Weston McKinney, with in the game immediately following his Champions League winner, uh, goes ahead and put Schalke up one nothing against Dusseldorf, which they ended up winning that match 2-0. Dude, Dusseldorf does not sound like a real name. It sounds like a. It either sounds like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings, or it sounds like a city in Game of Thrones. One of the two. You know what? You know what? Uh, if, if you if you look up Dusseldorf in uh, an Urban Dictionary, they say it's it's urban slang for pooping on someone's car. <laughs> so like I Dusseldorfed all over. I like I I Dusseldorf. It's a noun. It's a noun. So it's it's it, it's yo. I'm a, I'm gonna go drop a. I'm gonna go do a Dusseldorf on on coach's car, for not playing. I'm gonna go, go Dusseldorf coach. Yeah. Oh, that's ver- how you would say it, right? You're verbing it. Yeah. I mean, you. It's also it's like, yeah. I guess it's it's like giving an upper decker. You know. Okay, I see you. I see you. I, promise, I would totally. I, promise, I would totally love to shit on Neymar's car, but he has a really nice one too. <laughs> Hey, what's better than uh, an American scoring one goal? I would say one American scoring two goals. That's right. And your boy, Bobby Wood, a.k.a. Morning Wood, big and strong. Not, not mine, but his, <laughs> I imagine. But definitely not mine. But Morning Wood was back in action with a, a brace and Hanover's 3-1 win over Stuttgart. I fucking love it. Every, um, by the way, every American who's played 
in the Bundesliga this season has scored, has scored in the Bundesliga this season. Which is fucking awesome. And I think this was really, really important for uh, for Bobby. He He's uh, had a, mostly sub-appearances for, you know, for Hanover. Uh, so to see him not just be in good position and play well, which he's actually done all season, but knock two goals and and deliver, you know, help deliver the win against Stuttgart for Hanover, really, really important to see. Instagram is not fun when Saturday mornings he doesn't post a picture of himself with the hashtag Morningwood. I think that's one of the greatest things a soccer player has done on social media. And I, I miss his Morningwoods. Uh, dude, what is going on with Byron? I don't know, but I love it. And my roommate is a massive Byron fan. And every time I try to talk to him about it, he literally goes, I don't want to talk about it. But when they're winning, when they were like top of the league, he's like, oh, when can I come on the podcast and talk about Byron Munich? But now it's like, I don't want to talk about hey, it. Pa- hey, Pajino, we would love to have you on the podcast soon to talk about uh, the, the, the Bayern Bundesliga title race outlook. But yeah, they got shit pumped by Moken Godblock 3-0. It was bad. It was great. <laughs> I just think that, like, their players finally got old. And then that Robin and Ribery, like, finally had to use walkers out there. Yeah. No, you, I mean, they, they have good talent, but they have a lot of old talent. Te- but, uh, of, of, uh, should we take a look pumps, at the table? Well, I wanted to cover, um, what was, what, what was, uh, 6-0? Is that a fuckfest? Fuckfest. Yeah. Leipzig over Nuremberg. Uh, Timo Werner with a brace, Leipzig 6, Nuremberg 0, just a massive shellacking. Uh, that leads us to our table with Dortmund at top of the table on 17 points. Love it. Oh, they're also undefeated in the league. Five wins, two draws. Hell yeah. Uh, and they're playing exciting soccer too. It's a lot of, lot of attacking, a lot of counterattacking. Uh, you want to watch some good, exciting soccer, watch Dortmund. They're also almost always on uh, FS1 because... You know, Christian Pulisic and their popular team. Then we've got uh, a whole stack of teams in tied tied for second place in Leipzig, Gladbach, Bremen, and Hertha, which they're all three points back of Dortmund with 14 points. And then in sixth place, we have Bayern Munich on 13 points, which is the same amount of points Manchester United has, just to put it in perspective. Hey, Donnie, not to be a dick, uh, ha- hasn't... Didn't the uh, Premier League start like two weeks before the German? Yes, we have. They have one game in hand on us. I will give you that. Okay. But I bet you Bayern won't win their next game. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you. I think we play Chelsea our next Premier League game, so we definitely won't win our next <laughs> game either. Uh, also, exciting news is uh, one more American is making his way over to uh, to the Bundesliga. Yes, eighteen-year-old uh, Michael Edwards, who's an American center back out of DC United. I signed with Wolfsburg. Awesome. So that's I, I, I'm I'm waiting for Josh Sargent to to you know break through. I wouldn't be surprised if he spends the rest of this season uh with the the under you know twenty under twenty one or under twenty three team. I know he's scoring like crazy down there. Uh, so he'll break through. Hopefully, Michael Edwards will be able to to break through as well. And I know Shaka have have another young American on their, their youth squad as well. So there's a lot of development going on for Americans in the Bundesliga. And you just can't tell me that it's not going to make a world of difference to have these guys playing in the Bundesliga versus MLS. I mean, you just have to be out of your mind if you just don't see the difference there. Oh, yeah. And interesting fact, although this, I'm not trying to refute your argument or your point, 
Bundesliga did not have a single player nominated for the Ballon d'Or. Has MLS ever had no, a single I'm, I'm player? Not, this ever. Is not, this has nothing to do with that. Nominated for the Ballon d'Or. No, ever. No. Ever. In the histories. In the histories. No. Unrelated to MLS, Donald, just, we're about to run out of our Bundesliga coverage, and I wanted to bring up the fact that um, they did not have a single nominee for the Ballon d'Or. Well, that is interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Lewandowski's a Polish fraud. <laughs> so moving on to La Liga... And another thing that some people would say is shocking, but you and I have called it since the, before the season started, Real Madrid are struggling to score goals. They could not find the goal with fucking a map, a Garmin, a GPS, Waze, whatever, a fucking compass, whatever it is you need to get to navigate, they cannot find the goal. They're held scoreless for the fourth yeah. game in a row and lost to Alaves. They're, Who the fuck is Alaves? They're, they're stuck looking up at the night sky trying to use celestial navigation to find their way to the goal. And guess what? Yeah, but they it's don't not fucking working. Yeah, because they don't know what the fuck they don't know. You know, their North Star was Ronaldo and Zidane, and they both <laughs> left. So yeah, this is hilarious to watch because it was the most when you don't replace <laughs> a guy who scored a goal per game for nine years. And you don't replace your three times Champions League winning coach. What do you think is going to happen? This was the most predictable emergency in soccer. Yeah. So uh, interesting to see if they splash the cash on the January transfer window. Watch out. I'm thinking yes. Chelsea, Chelsea watch, hold on to your Hazard very tight, Chelsea. Who just said, quote, Real Madrid is the best club in the world. And I go back and forth about my future and all the time. And he said that ever since he was a little boy, he's dreamt about playing for Real. So. But it's okay, Real Madrid fans. Don't worry, because Barcelona's kind of struggling too. Yeah, what's the what's the beard what's the beard watch? Uh, beard watch is Barcelona still winless in La Liga since Messi shaved his beard after a 1-1 draw at Valencia. Donnie, hit us up with another media bias point. Man, you was shit on for drawing Valencia nil-nil, but Barcelona just drew them 1-1. So maybe Valencia is just a sound fucking defensive team. <laughs> I don't know. But I just, just, just the bias. It's just, it's just the bias. It's the anti-Manu agenda that just disgusts me. So I cannot wait for like in, in an episode or two when this podcast fully devolves into a conspiracy theorist podcast. Stay tuned for some hot takes, boys and, and ladies, if you're out there. Um, ladies, you better be out there. Do you know how much time I spent researching hot dudes today? <laughs> if, you, if you look at my work computer history, it says hot soccer players. I do like not want a single person to operate under the, the illusion that Donnie was researching hot guys for anybody's benefit outside of his own. Well, you know, you know who's gotten to take advantage of Barcelona and Real Madrid fucking playing in, in toilet water, basically. I would have is to that, go with uh, Sevilla. See what I did yeah, there? It, See what I did there? You thought I was going to go with Atletico Madrid, but I, I, I pulled the rug out from under you? Yeah, no, both work. Uh, Sevilla <laughs> beat my beloved Celta Vigo 2-1, but it's okay, Celta Vigo. I still love you. And Atletico got a nice 1-0 win against Real Betis, which is like the most Atletico scoreline possible, just 1-0. Yeah. yeah, solid defense, score one goal. And so our table currently, we have Sevilla at 16 points. Also, this Sevilla team that knocked out Manchester United in Champions League <laughs> last year 
Oh, oh, the world is ending. Manu lost to Sevilla. Oh, yeah, but they're going to win La Liga, so suck it. <laughs> Sevilla, please win La Liga. Please win La Liga. <laughs> uh, so Sevilla <laughs> at first with 16. Barca, Atletico. Uh, Barca and Atletico Madrid both with 15. Real Madrid, Espanyol, and Alves all on 14. Let's go Alaves. <laughs> do I? Why did you just fuck over another team? Because because I picked the one that I think is least likely to actually make a, ch- a sustained challenge. So I, I don't want to jinx the other two. Why couldn't you say let's go Real Madrid? Because the curse knows my heart. Eric, take us to the land of Linguini, please. Buongiorno. Let's go talk about Ronaldo. I apologize to everybody that had to hear that. Go into Especially s- Italians. <laughs> We're very sorry for appropriating your culture like that. Uh, you called it the land of Linguini, and you're, you're blasting me? That would be like me calling Poland the land of sausages. Like, they're known for having good Linguini. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, if I called them a spaghetti slurper or something, that would be different. <laughs> that would be a different matter, but I didn't this time. Uh, you didn't, of course. You didn't just say it. So, Syria, uh, Juve remained perfect in the, uh, on the season, no, 2 nothing win. Ronaldo put an, another ball in the net, so he's scoring again, which is not surprising, seeing as he was Real Madrid's goal scorer. Roma have actually gone a little bit of a winning spree ever since I kind of shat all over them two, three episodes ago for... That's called the reverse curse, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but like... Of course it is. The uh, one of the two matches that I had kind of highlighted as a, a Serie A match of the of, of the week to pay attention to was a uh, Lazio Fiorentina. This was a just classic classic Serie A Italian game. Uh, Lazio ended up winning one nothing. Immobile, he's so fucking good. Uh, got got the winner in I think the thirty seventh minute, and then it was uh, just you know. Steady attacking, defending, team structure, uh, good result for Lazio. Still, I still like Fiorentina. I, I do think that Lazio is one of those teams, you know, near the top that, that they need to take points off of to be able to contend for like a, a European league spot. So that's going to make things a little difficult. Um, and then one of the other upstarts that, that people have been pretty big on, Sassuolo had a pivotal match against Napoli. They lost 2 nothing. Uh, went down in the third minute, picked up a red card in, I think, like the 30th minute. Just did not do themselves any favors. They've dropped uh, points back-to-back to Milan and Napoli now. Uh, going to be hard for them to get results against the, the, the you know top-tier Italian teams, which they'll need to do if they, too, want to compete for a European spot. Yeah. Um, I love that Milan beach... Chevo Verona, 3-1. Yeah, I definitely mistyped that and said 31, which makes no sense. Um, yeah, Milan Milan with a, a 3-0 victory. Uh, Iguain with two goals. And my boy Giacomo Bonaventura with, a, with another goal as well. Milan's still the only Serie A team without a clean sheet. And I just kind of find that ironic, seeing as I'm the guy who loves good, sound, defensive soccer. Just, I just want one clean sheet, please. Um, I kind of love it because it's like it's the like obviously 
when we first met, I was a Roma fan, and now I'm I like them a lot more than any other team in Syria. As like the, I like their fan base, I like their history, I like their culture. Milan has overtaken Roma for me throughout the course of our friendship. But I love that they're winning, by, <laughs> but still conceding goals because I know how much that fucking bugs you. You know who else it bugs? My boy Gattuso. All right. Oh, he's he said the only thing he trusts less than a one nothing lead is a two nothing lead with this Milan team. <laughs> yeah, let that sink in, okay? I love Gattuso. He's got some great. He's he's got some fucking great lines. He's amazing, and you watch a Milan game, and you can just if you start thinking, is that a dog barking like uncontrollably on the sideline? It's not. You're actually hearing the microphones pick up Gattuso shouting at his players nonstop. He gets all red in the face. I love the passion he brings, and and I do love the attacking soccer Milan's playing. There's a lot of exciting link up. You know, between the mids and the wings, uh, it's exciting to see. Iguain is killing it. Dude is actually, you know, is, is a really good soccer player. And uh, it, it's exciting to be able to watch him play for a team that isn't Juventus or Argentina. Yeah. So, uh, Eric, what's the uh, Serie A table looking like? Well, Juventus, uh, after playing eight games and being perfect, is on 24 points. It's just some simple math. Napoli in second with 18 points. Then you've got Inter in third on 16. Uh, Lazio are in fourth with 15 points. Sampdoria and Roma are tied for fifth on 14 points. You have to go all the way down to uh, 10th place to find Milan. Uh, but we are only we're, we're on 12 points, and we have one game in hand due to the season opener being you know, against Genoa being postponed due to that bridge collapse. So... Really, you know, if, if Milan beats Genoa, you know, that, that would put them, you know, at that 15-point range, uh, you know, with that game in hand. So I'm not terribly concerned with where we are at this very moment. It's good to see Milan get two wins after, after squandering a lot of leads, uh, you know, a couple games before. Big, big matchup, though, when uh, Serie A comes back from the international break. You've got uh, the Milan Derby. One of the best games of the soccer year. It's I am I am terrified, excited. I don't know. I'm, it'll be it'll be fun to watch Iguain play in his first Dar- Milan derby too. Oh, does this mean? Oh, so damn it! I just realized that we're done with the Serie A breakdown, which means it's time for league. Ugh. Everyone's favorite Parisian, Pierre Gates. Holy balls, Mbappe scored four goals in 13 minutes of game time. Yeah, he saw that little... Uh, oh, oh. you got to be so careful how you word insults these days to someone just because you don't want it to be something you didn't mean to be misconstrued. You know what I mean? I have no idea where you're going with this. But he saw that little fraud, Neymar... See, fraud is just a good one. It's not going to offend too many people, but it, it's kind of harsh, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Neymar scored a hat trick in the Champions League. Mbappe said, "Suck it! I'm going to score four goals." Four goals in 13 minutes of game time. Uh, Neymar did score a goal. PSG ended up winning five nothing, and you know this was a five nothing win, a uh, four goal performance by Mbappe against Lyon. You know, that team that beat Man City in the Champions League? 
Mbappe is so fucking good. Uh, I I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, I think you did, Donnie. The image of all of Mbappe's teammates, well, almost all of Mbappe's teammates hugging and celebrating him after he scored that fourth goal. And there's a there's just an image of Neymar looking like mean mugging straight faced as fuck. That it was in that moment I was like, there is not a chance in hell this guy is happy that his son's favorite player is is Mbappe. Well, think about this. You know, Neymar's 25 years old. Mbappe's 19. Mbappe's probably already a better player than Neymar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the thing, my my only worry about Mbappe is that he's, like, when you win a World Cup that early, like, that is the the prize in soccer. World Cup is worth 25 Champions Leagues, as far as I'm concerned. I'm just, I hope he just keeps keeping the intensity up, because I just, my worry about him is is he's going to just kind of be like, get complacent and be like, well, I've already won the World Cup, so fuck it. I might as well party. I, I, I mean... I, I hope that doesn't happen. That's just my... That's my worry. I, I don't want it to happen. I'm not saying it will happen. I can see that as a concern, but I think as long as he doesn't have the Champions League, even though... Or, or a, uh, you know... Yeah, as long as he doesn't have the Champions League, I could see that being, you know, you, you want what you don't have. You want what you've never had before. So even though, obviously, the World Cup is... I, I agree with your equivalence of 25 Champions League... If he's never had the Champions League, then that's going to be what he needs to get. Now, if he goes on a fucking tear and they get the Champions League victory this season, then there he I would be a little more concerned about complacency with his career moving forward because he has the potential to be something spectacular. I I think I said it during the World Cup. I'll say it again. Mbappe has the potential to be the best soccer player of all time. And this is, you know in a generation of arguably the two best, as some would say, the two best soccer players of all time right now. Neither Messi nor Ronaldo were anything like this at 19. It's, not even close. It's phenomenal. Well, um, so we also uh, had uh, just a quick not update. They got shit pumped 3 nothing. Uh, Miazga played another full 90. <laughs> not kind of sucks. They're in 19th place, four points um, in the drop. It's really early on, and that's one thing I've actually kind of looking at, at all these leagues and all these tables and everything. Everybody is still, with the exception of PSG being, I don't know, eight points ahead of second place. PSG has already won. PSG has already won. And in Serie A, you've got Juve uh, six points up on Napoli. I, I don't see Juve dropping enough points for Napoli to catch up. But outside of that... All the other title races, and then all, and then every top four or bottom three uh, competition or race, it's it's so close. We've we've barely played any league soccer so far, uh, so obviously we're we're overreacting a lot. The only thing I know for sure is that I screwed Watford over, and I'm I'm so sorry, everybody. Yes, you did. But you know what? We can put all that Euro trash behind us now and talk about U.S. soccer, baby. U.S.A. U.S.A. Yeah. How do you like that, Putin? You rotten commie. So uh, U.S.A. kicks off um, against Colombia this Thursday. I believe it's on FS1. ESPN. I think so. At 6.30. ESPN refuses to say what the channel is on the score when you check online, which almost always confirms that it's on FS1. So that's all I need to know. Unfortunately, I arguably three of the players I'm most excited to watch are not going to be suiting up. They had to withdraw. 
Yeah, he's talking Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and the Great American Hope, Christian Pulisic. No, I'm talking about Tyler Adams, Christian Pulisic, and the Great American Hope, Weston McKinney. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. It's okay. We all make mistakes. Uh, uh, and then on Tuesday, our, next week, we got Peru on ESPN2. So, I mean, two really strong teams that yeah. I think there's a great chance – to experiment with these kids, it's always good to experiment with children, as I and, always say. And, and, and I, uh, I don't, I don't know if, if they're calling their top top squads, uh, Peru and Colombia, but the it looks like the prospective rosters are, are pretty strong. So it's yeah. not, it's not like we're going to be playing against like you know their sea level squad or anything like that. So kind of just looking at the squad, you got Brad Guzan being called back in goal. With uh, along with Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen. And like I said, I'm okay with having a veteran guy to be a part of the camp yeah. and to be there with everyone. No problem with that. Yeah, and I think uh, Dave Sarakin was was asked about this a couple weeks ago, and he said if we, if we were playing competitive matches right now and he had to pick a goalie, he would give the uh, the nod to Zach Steffen, which I, I think is is you know more than fine. Brad Guzan has said that he's he's not ready to give up on on playing competitively for the U.S. So I like that not only are we bringing in you know an experienced veteran guy, but also somebody that's going to to push you know Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen to to compete and, and try to get a spot. Yeah, and I like I said, I think there's just a lot you can learn from having that veteran leadership, definitely, especially especially in the goalkeeping position. One hundred percent. Looking at the defenders, we got the big three there. The big three being John Brooks, Cameron Carter, Vickers, and Matt Miazga, who I have said. Because our talent is so good in defense, I have called for three at the back for the U.S. Uh, But we have a couple of – and then, you know, we got obviously DeAndre Yedlin's going to be there. Anthony Robinson looks like he's going to be a mainstay, and they're really going to work him in that left-back position, which is honestly perfect. I'm so fucking stoked. Huh? I'm so fucking stoked to see Anthony Robinson uh, worked in there, Uh, get get Yeti Robinson – and then if you want to go three at the back, I'm all for it. If you want to do two at the back, you know, you've got three quality guys to pick from and cycle between. And then we got a couple of new faces coming in. Uh, one guy who I'm happy he's been called up is Reggie Cannon. That's a great that's a fucking fantastic name. name, especially for, for a, a fullback, someone that's going to be bombarding up and down the pitch like a cannon. Uh, he is FC Dallas' starting right back. This season, he's been their starting right back. He has played every. He has started every single MLS game for them. Damn. That's thirty-one now. Damn. And they're the uh, number one team in the Western Conference, by the way. This is not an MLS podcast. Uh, but so he's there. So that's good to see another young guy get some international exposure, and so we can, you know, kind of push them to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Probably the Bund- probably the Bundesliga. Let's be realistic. I, I I'm all for. It. I don't I don't care where they go. Just send them to Europe. And then you have Eric Long, who's, you know, a 25-year-old center back for the Red Bulls and a very good-looking guy, might I add. Really, really good-looking guy. Great cheekbones. Unfortunately, he's 25, so I have a feeling he's going to stay in, in MLS. I don't, I don't necessarily see this as somebody that's going to work his way over into Europe. Uh, but the U.S. soccer team will always have players called up from MLS. Uh, so as long as... We continue developing European talent as well. I don't have an issue, you know, giving these guys a, a shot. And then, on that same note, an even older center back from, from the other New York team, NYFC, uh, Ben Sweat. 
Not a great name. No. As as great as Reggie Cannon is as, as a name, <laughs> Ben Sweat's on the other side of the uh, of the spectrum. So uh, tough, tough break for my guy Ben. But good to see him get, get his first ever call up at the age of twenty seven. Um, yeah. No. I mean, you know, I think I shit on MLS a lot. I mean, I really fucking pummel <laughs> it to the dirt. But I appreciate that this guy's getting a chance to play for his country. That was my dream growing up, and I, I, I appreciate that, and I am happy for him. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's a great accomplishment. Um, moving on to the midfield, Kellen Acosta getting another call up. Uh, I mean, this is going to be, um, I think, a midfield that we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of the, you know, couple guys pull sick. Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney had to pull out, so so it's not I, the ideal midfield lineup that we would have wanted, but I'm happy to see Kellen Acosta in there. Uh, he's, I thought you'd be even happier to have Michael Bradley back. I am excited to have Michael Bradley back. Um, you know, one of the things that that we've we haven't seen in the last couple of friendlies is any experience. You know, the most experienced players have been DeAndre Yedlin and Bobby Wood. So it's good to see just in the same line of Brad Guzan bring see Michael Bradley in here because I think he can really give have a lot to to kind of teach these young guys. I would have really liked to have seen him work with the aforementioned, you know, three the trio that, that had to pull out because of injuries in Pulisic, Adams, and McKinney, because I see those three as being mainstays in the U.S. national team for a long time coming, and and you know I want to see some of that, that kind of transfer of knowledge from Michael Bradley to them. But I have a feeling next year during the Gold Cup we'll have they'll have you know ample opportunity to work with them on uh, on that. And then, in addition, you got Marky Delgado, who's Michael Bradley's teammate from Toronto, another midfield player there at 23. Yeah, he was one of the guys uh, that, that got the, the call-up because of the uh, the injury. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, you got Julian Green, who looks like he just overcame a heroin addiction. He looks so fucking old for his age. It is yeah. if, I think, I think we've, astounding. I think we've mentioned this before, but if Ronaldo is biologically 24 years old, then Julian Green is biologically 70. <laughs> but pretty cool. Uh, you got, pretty cool. He you got he's, a he's Kenny from, Saif oh, there. So real, who, real quick, real quick, Julian Green is from Tampa and uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, and that's actually the first game against Columbia is in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. So he gets to play in front of uh, in front of his, his home. Oh, that's really cool. So I, I really hope to see him get on the pitch against uh, Columbia, or else I'm gonna be pretty bummed. Uh, Kenny Saif was also called up, and here's my thing about Kenny Saif. Like, I like his mentality that he likes to attack players and go at them. He just doesn't get past them very often. <laughs> That's yeah. just like, like I like I like the idea of Kenny Saif more than I like Kenny Saif himself. Yeah, um, you know he's he's plying his trade over in Europe, so I, I give him props there. And like you said, he he doesn't he doesn't default to the safe play he, he takes players on he just needs to be better at it yes uh tim way is classified by the u.s men's national team website as a midfield so i threw him in here he's gonna be there but yeah uh, as, as, course, we, as we we know he's actually a forward a forward yeah and then uh will trap get called up and it i i want i have to ask you this question if Will Trapp and Michael Bradley both start, how butthurt will you be if Will Trapp captains the team over Michael Bradley? 
When Eric laughs like that, it just means <laughs> massive amounts of butt hurt. No, no, I I would love to answer a question, but I've yet to hear one. <laughs> uh, and the last midfielder I want to talk about, I saved him for last because this is the player I'm most excited to see out of these kind of guys. Him and Reggie Cannon are probably two of because we haven't necessarily seen him, is Jonathan Amon. He's a 19-year-old left winger who plays in Denmark, and we need quick wingers who can take on a player and beat them on the wing. And I'm really excited to see Jonathan Amon. He is one of the guys who got in here because of injury, but I really hope he can make the, you know, the most of that situation. Yeah. And I, I would love to see him at least, you know, get some playing time in one of these matches. My, my concern, especially with him being one of those injury call-ups is that they just use this to get him into the, you know, to camp, uh, to get him, you know, accustomed and experienced to that national team call-up experience but doesn't we don't actually see him on the pitch and I would love to see him just because I have no idea what you know what we're getting out of him and and I'm curious that would make me so sad yeah I mean it happens like I guarantee you not all of the forwards we're about to name play yeah uh so speaking of the forwards we have uh obviously Bobby Woods getting called up that's a no-brainer morning obviously Josh Sargent, the greatest redhead in American soccer history. Don't ask Suck it, Lalas. Suck it. I was going to get called up. And then you have Andrija Novakovic. Yeah, he's had a couple. He's that really tall dude. Yeah, he's that really tall dude. He's had a, he's had a couple call-ups. I think what he's playing in the uh, the championship or, or something right now on loan. Uh, yeah, he's somewhere in Europe doing something. I think he's somewhere and in And then yeah. a very interesting call-up, 27-year-old Philadelphia Union striker Fafa. Picot. 10 goals in 27 games, playing for you said Philadelphia Union. This would be somebody that I would be okay with not getting on the pitch. As in fact, really, like if this guy plays over... Tim Weah. You know, the yeah. other way or fucking Jonathan Amon, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's... The, no. Dave, so, Sarah, um, don't do me like that. What what do you think? What should be the U.S.'s goal be out of these friendlies? Given that we have some guys out, like what what do you think if we had like one goal overall, one takeaway, what should that be? I want to see us establish a like I want to see us establish a setback four or back five or slash back three. Five. I want to see us establish a setback line. I I don't want to. From here until I want to be spending the next two years rotating, rotating, rotating. I want to see the guy you know is starting at right back, DeAndre Yedlin. The the guys you know are going to be starting at center back, and then finding that left back that's going to match with them, Anthony Robinson. I want to see them establish a chemistry and work together. Uh, for and then for for the other positions, I I would love to see us. I don't know. Like actually press, I I, I I I hate when we go up against semi talented or talented teams. How we just default to we're going to pick you up at midfield maybe and then work on it. I want to see us pressure from from the get go. We don't have to geigen press like we're you know Liverpool or, or something. But but you gotta put pressure on playmakers, and and I just want to see us start to do that from every friendly we play moving into actual competitions. I completely agree. The, re- the results aren't as important to me as how we play. And I want to see these young guys be given a go, let off the leash. I want to see a nice, high press from the get-go. 
And I, when we get the ball, I don't want us to just dick around with it and just pass it amongst our back four and then try a long ball. I want us to play quickly, directly, get it out wide, utilize our – we have a lot of – with the fullbacks on the wings, utilize the speed on the wings and just fucking attack. Attack When we intent. have the ball, attack them. And when we don't have the ball, press. And it starts with the forwards. I want it, So I want us to attack with intent. Uh, unfortunately yeah. – I would say two or three of this roster's best players at quickly attacking are Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, and even and then on the on the high press side, Weston McKinney is a monster on press pressuring the ball. So it's kind of unfortunate that that, that we're not going to have those three guys for these two games. Uh, but I still want to see the rest of our our team go forward and, and exactly like you said, uh, you know, attack with intent and purpose. Yeah, don't be, don't, you know, don't play these games to not lose them. Go out and try to win games with a style that's all, that's American and just attack. Like Clint Dempsey, be Clint Dempsey, be the spirit of Clint Dempsey and just fucking attack and play with swagger. Amen. So we, uh, we'll, 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 you know, looking forward to watching that game on Thursday and then we'll, we'll come back with a, another episode next week where we'll recap the U.S. game, and then we're going to look ahead to the, the, you know, the next week of, of matches. It, over in Europe. Yeah, there we go, over in Europe. Yeah, you, you forgot about that content. <laughs> no, uh, I, I realized that we, well, so we've got the U.S. game this week and then the U.S. game next week against Peru. So I think we actually might, maybe we should record after. Uh, yeah, after, I was yeah. thinking we record after, after the second Peru. U.S. Yeah, so game. We'll, we'll recap Recap. Both. U.S., and then a preview Champions League and uh, the European domestic leagues. Perfect. All right, everybody, if you, you know you know where to reach us, please send us your emails, your tweets. Uh, we are at ownGoalPod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at ownGoalPod. Follow us on Facebook. Please uh, rate and subscribe to us. We are on Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud if you aren't on that uh, Steve Job Machines game. Don, anything I'm leaving out? Uh, no, thanks for listening and just uh, keep try, try to spread the word. We appreciate it. Bye. If I hit it one time, I'm a piper. If I hit it two times, then I like her. If I fuck three times, I'm a wiper.
from the safe in your face when you say money. Dance time to shit into a nightclub. Fuck him, then I get some money. Yeah. 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 Fuck him, then I need tongue, I need face, I need brain, concentrate. I perform, product case, killer weed, rock a lace. Fuck the move, buy the ace, fuck the gold, travel rave. Get some money, fuck the rolly, fuck the rolly, patty face. My career taking off, these hoes jogging in place. Where these hoes on their mouth, are these hoes out of shape? Can you stop with all the subs? Bitch, I ain't Jerry. If you really want some smoke, you can pull up, you can get it. Keep it cheap from the goal to the end from the spot. You know me, Cardi B, pussy popping on the charts. If I hit it one time, I'm a piper. If I hit it two times, then I like her. If I fuck three times, I'm a wiper. It ain't safe for the black or the white girl. It ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe. Tell your man, pipe up, nigga, pipe up. And advance from the safe in your face when you say, my hands turn it shit into a night. Fuck with me and get some money, yeah. Fuck with G and get some money, yeah. It ain't nice, fam. You can study where I'm from on my vice land. This is nothing new to me, this my life, fam. I could pull a million girls from a mic stand. Pull one at my show, cause I like fans. Later on, I got two in my night plans. Man, this year I had 301 night stands. Keep a Costco pack of rubbers in my nightstand. Damn, Daniel back again with the Saint Laurent. Ay, they send me product, yeah, this retarded, ay, this was free, ay, bitch, you bought it, bitch, you want my dick, ay, bitch, get off it. If I hit it one time, I'm a piper, if I hit it two times, then I like her, I like her, fuck three times, I'm a wiper, it ain't safe for the black or the white girl, it ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe, it ain't safe, tell your man, pipe up, nigga, pipe up, and advance from the safe, in the face, when you say, my hands turn the shit into a nightclub. Fuck with me and get some money and get some money. Yeah. Ay, fuck with me and get some money and get some money. Ay, yeah. Fuck with me and get some money. Ay, yeah. Fuck with G and get some money.